Okay, just out of curiosity. <laughs> If I kept singing, what can, what would happen? You're like that kid that keeps like drawing the <laughs> right. line in the sand. Like, right. what happens okay. if I cross this? You're like yeah. Bugs Bunny with, with I, Yosemite well, Sam. I like, wanted I to cross this I line. wanted to know because love begins at home. Love begins at home. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast, Love Begins at Home. Uh, we are so thankful to be back together, to be talking, discussing um, about the beauty of the Catholic faith with you all, and um, especially since we're still in this Easter season. We're still in a time of great joy in celebrating the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Um, but with that, we're going to open with a prayer. And no one has any hats on today, which is great. So I don't have to say, you Oh, know, yeah, I'm the, wearing a hat right now. Yeah, <laughs> the famous saying, please take your hat off. So with that, let's go ahead and say a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice for your death and for your resurrection. And we thank you um, especially for our our lives here on this earth and for the opportunity to be the light of Christ to those that we encounter. And we especially thank you, Lord, for the gifts that you've given us, um, whether that be the gift of um, theology or the gift of music, the gift of uh, understanding or listening. Um but today, Lord, we just ask that you give us um, especially an overabundance of um, wisdom as we talk about this topic today, the topic of abortion. Um, it is so prevalent in our, in our world right now, and uh, we need to think about how we can be proactive in defending life and uh, bringing peace about all of these discussions and um, the conversations that we have in it. And with all these things, we pray in your holy name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So everyone, as, as you can tell, or as you heard, we're, we're talking about a pretty deep topic today, the topic of abortion. Um, and that's because there's been a lot of, uh, a lot of big news lately uh, within our country uh, regarding the, the Supreme Court's decision to potentially overturn Roe versus Wade. And it's caused a lot of discord within uh, certain communities in our in our country. Those on the choice of um, for being for abortion, and those on the side of not being for abortion. And so, uh, we want to kind of just talk about that uh, with within the Catholic perspective, and you know, think of some things that we can do um, to to help you guys understand at home what it means to be pro life. Um, what it means to be a defender of of life, um, and not just the 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 life within the womb, but also all walks of life, um, all stages of life. How are we a pro life um, community, and how do we how do we uh, engage and also come um, accomplish those things? Um, I also wanted to shout out to all of you mothers out there. Recently, we. 
we celebrated Mother's Day yeah. a couple of days ago. Woo! And so, you know, this topic is pretty, uh, you know, I guess relevant to what, what what's going on right now and everywhere. Um, and so uh, we also want to shout out to Brad because he just had... Well, oh, yeah. he didn't have, but his... I didn't, I didn't have. I mean, I helped. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> but we want to congratulate him on his new addition to his family. His, his daughter, Jacqueline, was born. Yes, thank you. Yeah, my so. daughter, Jacqueline, was born on April 19th. So been Ooh. at home for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. So that's why we're a little late getting this podcast out. I mm-hmm. was on paternity. Uh, but uh, yeah, thank you. It's been, it's been great being a father of two now. Man, it's different. So mm-hmm. um, man, I don't know how mothers or you know, fathers have twins or triplets. Like I can't imagine that. Like so if you have twins or triplets, like shout out to you. Like God Have bless you watched you. The, the show This Is Us? This is no everyone keeps telling me to watch oh, it, man. but I, I haven't got I, there. I, yet. We're in the I, middle of scrubs right now. I'm uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to watch the finale. There's two only two more um episodes oh, the whole wow. series oh, yeah okay. oh man it's it's been it's been tearing me apart one thing i know about Jorge is he is a binge watcher dude like he just watches the show and like dude he's but, done but, within like two but weeks this this show is really cool i mean it's really interesting now, now now that you brought the topic of the twins uh no spoilers please no well, but she has triplets oh okay spoilers. oh wow <laughs> yeah oh it's not a spoiler it's like the main thing on the whole show but anyways it's a pretty cool show uh which maybe later we can address the pro-life thing about that but anyways okay all right well yeah but yeah congrats yeah. thanks thank you very much and all of you listening to i just ask that you pray for me and my family my wife is expected um to deliver our sixth child here in the next few weeks so, so i'm here complaining about two you're about to have yeah, six so we are <laughs> we're, we're to have about to have a big change within our with the with the briona's house but uh yeah so just prayers would be appreciated and um just thank you to all your you mothers out there who so graciously take care of your families and your children and help bring them up in the way of the lord and um you know we also need to be appreciative of our blessed mother you know, mm. and the example she it's sets. The month for of us. Mary. It is the month yes. of Mary. We're gonna have all these Mary. things. So yeah. yeah, yeah, May is the month of Mary. So, which we just celebrated the family rosary mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. all the families. Yes, so that's cool. Yeah, is the Annunciation at the end of this month? Which one's the thirty first of the Marian feast day? And I can't remember which one it is right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't remember. Um, you guys mm. the wrong guy. I know. Well, Mary is special. <laughs> yeah, our listeners know they're probably. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. we have a theology on tap. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Dude. Oh yeah, yeah. Father but by Jesus. the time that, I think by the time we release this topic, Theologian Tab already happened. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, let's go to. Yeah. Okay, so I just wanted get, we we wanted to also say you know a little disclaimer you know obviously this topic can be a little um, it's a mature topic to talk about um, can be pretty sensitive in regards to maybe what position you have on on abortion. Um, but of course the Catholic church teaches that, um, you know, the killing of innocent life is always a grave sin. And so we're going to be talking about it in the light of our teaching from the Catholic faith. And, um, this is not to, uh, point out any faults of anyone or to make you feel, uh, you know, I I don't know, like you're a bad person or whatever (laughs) you may feel. But uh, we're just trying to speak the truth of the Catholic faith and, and, and hand it over and hand it on to those of you that are listening. Um, so in the light of what's going on in our country, you know, there's a big leak that happened um, 
what was it? Was well, it last before week? Before we say, oh, go with ahead. that disclaimer, it doesn't mean that this is not supposed to be listened by our teenagers. Mm-hmm. No, it is supposed to be listened by them because <laughs> this course. podcast is tours and we, the whole purpose behind this podcast is we're talking to our students, you mm-hmm. know, from ICC, from St. Mark or from every teenager. So uh, their disclaimer is more about for you parents because after this, they may have a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. So mm. it's, it's on you. Uh, also, yeah, so everyone is welcome to listen. To I also this. just want to say, uh, for any of our listeners out there that have been directly impacted by abortion, um, you know, we uh, we will be praying for you and know just know that the the Lord offers His mercy and His healing. Uh, he is the divine physician, and so um, we understand, especially those who have been directly impacted by abortion, that this may be a especially hard topic uh, for you guys today. So we mm-hmm. we do want to recognize that as we go forward. Yeah, thank you guys. Um, so as I was saying, there was a, a leak that came about to the public. Um, was it last week? I think so. Maybe um, yeah, about a week. We can about have a week ago, ago um, that showed everyone that the Supreme Court justices were um, potentially going to. It was a it was a draft a document yeah. a, a draft of a document saying that it was going to overturn Roe versus Wade, which was what brought about the whole legalizing abortion um, in our country. Um, And so ever since then, you know, we've been a country that's allowed abortions. Um, But with that, you know, with that having been done um, and and it being leaked to the public before um, the the law was actually overturned, it's it's upset a lot of people. Um, And typically... The public doesn't know about this until... No, this um, is a very unprecedented yeah. thing. Uh, and the fact that it was intentionally leaked, like, mm-hmm. somebody's no longer going to be a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah, like or part of whatever they Their career is over. Yeah. No, like, that's if how they, serious this yeah, is. Yeah, if they find out whoever that person <laughs> yeah. was. Um, but that being said, it, it just really adds a lot of fuel to the fire of what this topic has done to many people in our country and it's not just in our country, but it's a worldwide issue. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when it comes to, you know, faith, morality and law, like, you know, where's the fine line? Um, because a lot of people tend to think that, you know, life doesn't begin at a certain, like it, it begins at a certain point or it doesn't. Um, how do you define a human person and so on and so forth? And so, um, what we want to do today is kind of dive into those things and figure out how we can um, be a voice for the voiceless and how we can peacefully resolve these issues when it comes to dealing with um, abortion. Um, so first of all, you know, if we had to just kind of reiterate, maybe summarize what abortion is, because some of you out there, you may have an idea of what it is. But just a quick summary of what it is and, and why the church so strongly stands against it. I think that would be a good way to start. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, abortion would be the intentional killing of the baby within mm-hmm. the womb. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, right to the point. The <laughs> <laughs> termination of a pregnancy. Yeah, the termination of a pregnancy. Okay. But the, the, the intentionality there is, is the key because mm-hmm. um, you know, there, there are cases... Like uh, St. Gianna, for example, is a great example of uh, how she had, I think she had cancer, and she was pregnant, and they said, well, we can treat the cancer, but 
by treating the cancer, there's a very good chance that the unintentional consequence will be you will lose the child. So mm-hmm. St. Gianna decided not to. She decided to let her child live, which is why she ended up being a saint. But she, according to the Catholic Church, would have been justified in saying, well, yes, let's treat the cancer because it wasn't the intention was to treat the cancer, that medical practice, mm-hmm. not to terminate the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. It was an unintended, undesired side effect. Yeah. So that intentional killing of the child in the womb is, is kind of the key phrase there. Yes. Um, and so for you teens out there, I, I'm sure y'all hear a lot about this topic uh, within your schools, um, uh, amongst your classmates. Um, you know, uh, there are a lot of people out there who believe that it is really important for the woman to have a choice in the fact that she, you know, has a baby or not. Um, and, you know, when we, when we try and figure these things out, you know, we, off, we often ask the tough questions, but we bring them to God and we ask, you know, well, God, you know, I think these people have pretty good points as to why they have uh, these opinions. Um, so how can I see it through their eyes or how can, I, how can I help them understand my point of view in a peaceful way? Um, and we have, it's amazing that we have scripture, right? We can go and look in scripture. We can see uh, within the story of, of the Bible where where we're called to understand these these tough topics, um, and so I I wanted to turn it over a little bit to Bible Brad because we've got some good scripture references as far as like how it how um, choices that we make um, can lead us down certain paths, and there's a a really good example of that with King David's story when mm-hmm. we when we see his uh, actions. And choices that are made uh, in a certain point of his life. So right, yeah. Um, and there, there's two main scripture verses that that come to mind when we talk about life uh, and the the moment that life begins um, from a um, biological standpoint, but also from a scriptural standpoint. Uh, this comes from Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14. It says uh, David is is praying this uh, for you formed my inward being. You knitted me in my mother's womb. I praise you, Lord, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And so that the truth that, you know, God is the one that knits us together. He's the one that creates us. You know, we are his, uh, his children that we uh, are given life through him. And then also in the Jeremiah chapter one, where God is calling Jeremiah, uh, the Lord tells us to Jeremiah, uh, says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Um, and so even then, God is reiterating, even though he's talking to Jeremiah, he's also speaking to every one of us that, that's saying, you know, God knows us before we even are created. You know, that's just how much our God loves us. That's mm-hmm. how great his divine plan is, is he, you know, he knows um, everybody, even before they're created, because he lives outside of that time. But uh, to your point, Ben, about kind of how choices can cascade, and a lot of times when we talk about abortion, there's the pro-choice is what it's labeled, <laughs> and then we are pro-life. And so the pro-choice arguments are usually, well, it should be the mother's choice, it's her body, you mm-hmm. know, my body, my choice is what we hear a lot. 
But I want to challenge us to kind of go back a little bit even before the pregnancy begins. So every single one of us has accountability to our choices. So we've mm-hmm. been given free will by God. That's a grace that we have, a gift that we have from God. And uh, we have a duty and a responsibility to use our free will for love of other people, for the, the greater greater good of other people, and ultimately to build up the kingdom of God. And so, uh, you know, how does, how does the baby come about? Well, we're not going to have the talk here on this <laughs> podcast, but, uh, you know, uh, a certain act has to happen. We have to have uh, sex in order for, you know, a pregnancy to uh, conspire. So that's the first choice, that the, the choice right there, whether to engage in sexual intercourse or not. Like, that's the first choice. Uh, and then, depending on what we make that choice, then other things happen. And um, as you mentioned, Ben, King David's a great example of this in... Um, in King David's history, we see that uh, the story of him and Bathsheba, where he commits adultery with Bathsheba. But if we really look at that, and I think we might have talked about this on this podcast before, but if we look at his choices, uh, that story begins not with him lusting after Bathsheba. The story actually begins, it says that while uh, in the time where the kings went out and fought, King David stayed home. So mm-hmm. King David made a crucial choice. He is a warrior king. That's the duty of the king in Israel, is to go out with the mm. armies and fight. He is the leader. He's the general. King David makes the conscious choice to stay home. He, he gives in to uh, laziness and sloth. Uh, mm. He takes the easy road. He does not set himself up in a good position. So inevitably what happens? Because he made that one choice, that innocent choice to say, you know what? I'm just going to hang back. You guys go fight. I trust you guys. You got it. It's like, go get those Philistines. Go kick their butts. It's mm-hmm. good. You know, I trust you. And so he stays home. And then what happens? Well, he he's bored. He doesn't have anything to do because he's not doing his duty. And so he goes, he goes up to the, the top of the, the castle and he sees uh, this woman with Sheba as she is bathing on the top. And he it says that he begins to lust after her. And then he begins to inquire of her. So here's another crucial mm. choice that David makes. So he... He begins to see her, and instead of averting his eyes, he continues to look and lust. Then he makes the choice to inquire of her and ask, hey, who is that woman? Mm-hmm. And so after he inquires, it is told that, well, that's Bathsheba, the, the wife of Uriah. Then he continues to make the choice of, hey, why don't you just invite her over here? <laughs> and so then he invites her over, and then inevitably what happens, uh, they lay together, they have sex. So there's another choice that David makes. And then all of a sudden, you know, David thinks that's the end of it. But then, you know, a couple weeks later, Bathsheba comes to David and says, hey, I'm pregnant. So what does David do? Um, You can probably imagine the king, he knows that he's in deep. Instead of repenting, he has the choice to repent and accept his actions or try to cover it up. He chooses to cover it up. So what does he do? He calls Uriah back from the front lines, the wife of Bathsheba, or the husband of Bathsheba, back from the front lines, and he tries to get him to go sleep with his wife so that everyone will know. But Uriah never said it. Yeah. He was like, no. (laughs) I feel like it's a cartoon in a way, you know, like (laughs) King David, (laughs) hey, come on. Your wife, and and Uriah, um... 
No, <laughs> he just goes to the opposite exactly. Way. Well, and so Uriah is in the story. He's such a uh, righteous man because um, King David tries to like, hey, send home, like, hey, congratulations, you know, take some rest, go home, be with your wife, mm-hmm. you know, love your wife. And he's like, no, I can't. My men are out there. It's not mm. fair for me yeah. to mm-hmm. be with my wife when those men aren't. So he actually sleeps at the foot of the gate, not even inside. He sleeps at the foot of the wow. gate. So David's like, all right, let me try this. So he calls him in and he gets him drunk. Okay, so continues to make bad choices. And and then he says, why don't you go do this? And Uriah, even though he is plastered, is like, nope, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. And so he, again, he sleeps. Now what King David does is he's he's at the end of his rope. And again, every single step along the way, he has the opportunity to repent and to, you know, uh, take full responsibility Mm -hmm. for his actions. But he doesn't. He writes a letter to Joab, who is his, um, his uh, you know, number, number two in command, basically, under him. And uh, he writes this letter to Joab and says, hey, uh, go to the place where the fighting is fierce, put Uriah on the front line, and then at the proper moment, pull back and let Uriah fall. And here's the, here's the, the craziest part and just the unfathomable part. He gives the letter to Uriah to hand to Joab. So Uriah literally hands Joab his death sentence without mm. realizing it. Wow. Okay. So, I, that, but that's not even the end of the story. I, I, I all know. Right? Uh, so all these things happen. So uh, David became an adulterer and a murderer. And it all started from the simple fact that he did not do what he was supposed to do. If he had just gone out and fought, he would have not made any of those choices because he would have been doing what God had called him to do and he would have set himself up to succeed rather than failure. It became like this snowball, you know, from something small. Yeah, Yeah, it snowballs completely. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and then um, Nathan the prophet says like, hey, um, God knows what you did. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And then then at this point, we see David finally repent and and give himself over to the Lord. And, uh, you know, we we see David Mm. in the scripture. He's described as a man after God's own heart. And we look Mm -hmm. at this story and we're like, how? How can he be a man after God's own heart? But um, The kid died, though. Yes. So here's here's how he's still a man after God's own heart. So uh, Nathan tells him, hey, uh, the child that you conceived with Bathsheba will die as the punishment for your sins. And uh, David goes into the... Um, is the child Absalom? No, the child's not Absalom. That's mm. later. He's got... Okay. David's got a lot of kids. Oh, come on. You just <laughs> spoiled me. Spoil me. So the, Whoops. <laughs> so Orion's correct. The child does pass away. But what happens is uh, David goes to the tabernacle and he fasts for like mm. three days and he won't leave. He's inconsolable. And he just pours himself out to God. And... Um, and God hears his prayers, but God still holds to what he said. So the child, the child dies. And in the scripture, David is told, hey, uh, your child has passed away. And it says that David gets up. He, um, he goes out of the state of mourning. So he was actually in a state of mourning and repentance before the child passed away. And then so once the child passes away, then he begins to eat. And um, really, he actually praises God. Uh, in the midst of all that. So we still see that David is a man after God's own heart, but he is in fact human and makes bad choices. Now, mm-hmm. all this to say about David is how the even the smallest choices can lead to bigger and bigger, bigger choices. And whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And so when we're talking... He could have turned, you know, the outcome yeah, at, at any, any point, point. At any right. point, he could have turned back. Um, 
but um, it wasn't too late for him. Eventually he does turn back, but yeah, you're right. He could have at any point turned back. And so when we talk about this topic of abortion and being pro-life, we have to recognize that uh, as Catholics, we're being pro-life from the moment of conception to the moment of natural death. So all of life, not just the topic of abortion, mm -hmm. but at, at all stages of life, we have to make choices that defend and uh, respect life. And, you know, uh, especially teenagers, <laughs> you're... Your body's going through some changes. You know, there's there's a lot going on there. There's a lot of desires that you have that mm -hmm. you're not able to partake in, um, uh, you know, just by the moral law and God's law. And so that, you know, you can be a champion for life by mastering those desires, mm -hmm. giving those over to God, mm -hmm. and not allow yourself to be controlled by them like King David was. Mm -hmm. And and that's, that's the first choice. The first choice is always... Um, Am I going to be a champion for life in the way that I respect my body and the way that I respect other people's bodies? And that is keeping the marital act within the sacrament that it was marriage, made for yeah. in marriage. Amen. Anytime outside of that, now we're setting ourselves up not for defense, but for attack. Mm. And and so that's what King David's story shows us about this topic. I just I just want to say a Bible fact, uh -huh. <laughs> and not that I'm Bible brat, but uh, any, maybe not related to the topic of abortion, but... When David is uh, mourning and he's so, you know, uh, repentant for what he done, uh, for what I know, he wrote the Psalm 51. Yes, yes, he did write Psalm 51. So yeah, that nice. the Psalm 51 and all, you know, this ask for forgiveness and deliver me, O Lord, and all of that, mm. it comes from that action, you know. Yes. Uh, from that moment, you know. So in a way, I mean, yeah, off topic, but... You know the beauty of of uh, like true repentance, mm -hmm. you know, uh, mm -hmm. and the beauty of the psalm. How it's yeah. yeah, and Psalm fifty one's a it's a great psalm. Uh, we usually look to that right before confession. In fact, we take the first verse and we say it in the mass. Um, we say, um, you know, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy. mercy, and then at the consecration where we say miserere nobis, mm -hmm. like that. That comes from verse 1 have mercy on me O lord god according to your merciful love according to your abounding mercy blot out my transgressions and so that's where we get that part of the mass it comes directly from psalm 51. Mm. good it's bible me. tidbit jorge yeah. <laughs> i'm trying to get the title of bible jorge <laughs> keep, keep working <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> no that was some really powerful stuff you'd mentioned there brad um to to make those choices that that we can to protect life and to respect life um, can help us be on the defense rather than be on the, the attack. Um, and I really want to point further to the, to what you said on, you know, keeping our desires, especially those physical desires we may have for the opposite sex um, that needs to stay within the context of marriage. Right guys. Um, whether you're single, yeah, married, married, or whatever, yeah, yeah. it's it's always um, our call to to respect that, and uh, that is called chastity. It, exactly, chastity, right? Um, practicing that in, in all your relationships is what's going to lead you closer in developing um, that that love that God is calling us to the 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 agape love that we have for each other that we need to be having for each other. Um, but, you know, to, there's this segment that we show um, during our confirmation prep um, on marriage itself, but also, um, you know, 
the the act of sex and how how you can love your spouse before you ever actually get married to them or even know who they are and you know one of those pointers is to um to love them so much that you don't give away yourself to any other person you don't give give that that gift of um the marital act to anyone until it's appropriately timed for your marriage because that's the best way you can love those people because you're not you're not putting yourself in these situations that we're describing right you're not putting yourself in the fact that oh no maybe maybe we do get pregnant before we're ready to have a child or or um you know you're you're taking that special moment between you know a future man and wife away from them or you're um you know you're attaching yourself to this person and then you're attaching yourself to this person yeah, and so on and so on souls it's, that yeah. act it shares I mean, the soul it, it just like Brad was saying it the the effects of sin that come from our choices um just snowball and snowball and um you know ultimately why should it be you know the why should it be anyone's fault but our own why should we be taking our our sinfulness and our bad choices out on the most precious of life, the innocence of life through abortion. And, and there know? is something to be said about um, the, in cases of like rape or incest, mm-hmm. uh, you know, terrible, terrible acts. And so if somebody, this person is violated, that results in a pregnancy, uh, sometimes the pro-choice will argument will still be, well, you know, it wasn't their choice, mm-hmm. so that should end in a pregnancy. But uh, I've heard a good argument against that, which is, well, I mean, this... This woman has gone through trauma. Uh, trauma like, as it is. Yeah, like great, great trauma. Why would you want to traumatize her more mm-hmm. by taking that baby away from her, putting through that surgery, and even just, uh, I don't I don't want to get into the, mm-hmm. the procedure, but I mean, those abortion clinics don't treat the women well. They mm-hmm. basically treat them like trash. Mm-hmm. You know, just the, the, it's just an operation, and they basically just dismiss them and let them go uh, out the back, and it, it's just... They don't respect them at all. And so why would you want to further put a traumatized woman through more trauma? Mm-hmm. And it's less than, than 1%. Nowhere in our, the history of our country have we ever made a law based on a less than 1% of the people. I mean, the whole premise of our country is by majority rule. So even that argument, I think, as terrible as it is, falls to the wayside. It, it's kind of a red herring. It's not a valid argument for making abortion, you know, completely legal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, uh, for example, now that all of this is happening, you know, and, and we hear it everywhere, you know, you go to YouTube, to the same shows that you watch always, now they're talking about these and, you know, all of that. What can we do in order to stand up? You know, what, how can we help? What, because that's a lot of questions, and, and I can personally say it, that I wasn't a pro-life active mm-hmm. since, like, maybe three years ago. I always believed that, you know, I am pro-life. Mm-hmm. But I never stood up for anything because I never knew what to do. Mm-hmm. Because it, in my personal experience, I thought that I had to know every single fact about abortion and why is it bad and all of that and why you know the mother the baby you know mm-hmm. I, I i thought that i needed to know everything before i even 
uh, started, you know, to help or promote the life, you know. But then I found out that I don't need to know all of that, you know. In the same way that I, and hopefully this this doesn't sound like heretic, but I don't need to know the whole Bible, you know, word by word in order to start uh, evangelizing, you Mm -hmm. know. Of course, I'm encouraged to know and to learn, of course, but it's not like until you learn the whole Bible, until you learn and memorize it and Mm -hmm. understand every fact of of the Bible, then you can start preaching Jesus. That's not the way it works. So for the same in the same way, it doesn't work the same for for the pro-life battle, you know. You don't have to know every single aspect, every single biology detail or whatever in order to uh, raise your voice for these uh, for these people. So it, as a teenager or even as an adult or as a couple or Catholic, what can we do now in the midst of all of these? What is some practical things that we can actually do? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Well, I think you brought up the first step is just, you know, get yourself out there. Like you don't need to know, as you said, everything. And I think that's a lot of a lot of people kind of fall into that trap thinking, well, I don't know enough about this topic to really talk about it. But, you know, you'd be surprised how much you do know, and then you'll run into things that you don't know. But that's how you learn. Um, I know that's how I learned a lot about my faith was talking to other people about it. And people would ask me questions about it or accuse, you know, Catholics of doing something like, I've never heard this before, or I I don't have an answer for that. And, but I went and I found out. And so just kind of talking about it, uh, I think is the first step. Mm-hmm. And I think another step that we often um, probably forget is to, you know, what St. James says, um, be quick to listen, um, slow to speak, and slower to anger. Mm-hmm. Especially with this topic, like a lot of other hot topics right now, debate has become less about logic and reason and more about who can get angriest the fastest mm-hmm. and be the loudest. And the louder, and yeah. Whoever can do that wins the argument. But that's not. All, yeah. you, all you've done is thrown a tantrum. Like you haven't won anything. <laughs> um, so being able to listen and not have something ready to go in your back pocket to uh, completely counter what somebody says, I think that's really going to be the best way we can bridge this this gap in conversation is just by hearing the other side out, even if they're yelling and screaming and saying nasty things, simply just listening. Mm-hmm. Because I think that on both sides there's a lot of people that don't truly understand what the argument is and what is really the issue. Especially uh, more if you care about the other person. Like uh, you might find that it's not, you know, just a random person, but it might be your family member, family yeah. member mm-hmm. your best friend, your uncle, your aunt. I mm-hmm. don't know. People that you are close and you don't want to ruin that relationship just because uh, a debate or uh a disagreement, you know? So that mm-hmm. that's another thing for, I think for every one of us, like, geez, how do I approach these topics with my my people, you know, mm-hmm. my family? Um, and people decide just to be quiet, mm-hmm. to be silent. And and I, I definitely understand that because it may not be with this issue, but I, I definitely have family members that are uh, Protestant. And so, you know, talking about the Eucharist or anything that's oh, yeah. like specifically Catholic is like, we don't talk about that. And, you know, I'd like to engage in conversation, but it can get heated very quickly. So uh, I think it's definitely understandable within the confines of 
uh, family maybe to stay silent on these issues. But if I, if we go into it without the mentality of I'm looking for a fight or I'm going to win mm-hmm. this argument, no. that you can't, you're not going to go, you're going to get anywhere with that mentality. It has to be, I really want to understand what you think this issue is and why you feel that way. And if we can understand that, be empathetic to the, the other person and say, okay, now I, I see where you're coming from. Now let's, let's talk. Because as soon as you start trying to counter arguments, that's going to put the other person on the defensive. And all of a sudden, you've put your boxing gloves on instead of just having a conversation. And that's so hard to do, especially with this topic, because as we mentioned before, that it is very, very controversial. People feel very passionate about this one way or the other. So we have to learn to put that passion aside or at least regulate it so that we can dialogue and not just talk at each other. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't know the answers, if you don't, you know, you don't want to engage in a debate, if you don't want, if you don't feel like to go into, I don't know, to the square or something and raise your voice, whatever, there's basic Catholic 101 thing that you can do. Pray. <laughs> Pray, come on, we, we are called to pray. If you don't know, oh man, how can I be a pro-life? Well, start praying. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, as a story, I a few months ago, I I was trying to get more involved in the pro-life. And well, for you, for those of you that you don't know, we have a pro-life uh, clinic or yes, here is Loretto House. And it's, it's been a huge blessing for our, our, our community here in Denton. So they have like a text message chain or something. So every time like a, a woman enters the building and is thinking about abortion, they send out a text to everyone who registers for that. So I immediately receive a text once she says, oh, I'm thinking about getting an abortion. I receive a text immediately and say, please pray for this woman, mm-hmm. anonymous. You know, they don't say the name. She's abortion-minded, whatever. And that's one thing that I started to do. I will stop everything that I was doing. You know, if I was working, if I was in a call or something, I will stop and I'll start praying for that woman that I don't know, for that baby that I, I don't know. But it's more like a specific you know, prayer, you know, I, of, of course, also you can keep praying, you know, uh, for the end of the version, for all expectant mothers, but there's, there's also this way, or you can go to Laredo house and mm-hmm. volunteer yourself or something, you know, mm-hmm. there's, you know, prayer is one-on-one. It's, yeah. it's basic thing. You start praying. If you know, uh, uh, a, a, a person, a friend of you, or not even for like someone that is tempted to get an abortion, but just, um, Pray for your relatives that they are abortion-minded or they are pro-choice or your friends or all these people, you know, because you never know what, where they're coming from, what they experienced. Maybe they had a trauma before and they're just uh, speaking out of a, a, a wound, you know, so mm-hmm. uh, prayer, yeah. prayer, prayer. That's so, your basic, your main, mm-hmm. uh, the main thing that you can start doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, prayer and then also being proactive in your community. So you, you mentioned Loretto House, Jorge, to, to go to those places that um, support the mother and support the family life. And, um, you know, Loretto House is always 
uh, in need of volunteers to help them and uh, donations, uh, baby clothes, bottles, uh, diapers, wipes, all those sorts of things to help um, a, a mother who's brand new to that cycle in her life uh, or, you know, the family entirely. But um, to be proactive in your own community, also like going out and being an activist. Um, thankfully, and uh, it was a really great experience, but this past year we had our first pro-life yeah. march. Woo! And Jorge had a lot to do with organizing that and making it come to fruition. You know, this was a big uh, event that was across, um, you know, the, the whole city pretty much. And, you know, the our, our parish from ICC and JP2 came together to they put this event on. the first time done it ever. Yeah. Right. And there were like 300 plus people who joined the march. And just a group that size walking from point A to point B to show their support for the innocent. And we were not even you know? shouting. We were, yeah. we were, we were praying just walking the rosary. and praying and singing songs and, singing. and just being a sign of hope in the world. Exactly. That's all you need to do to be peaceful, uh, to be peaceful as you do these things and to just try and allow God to work through your actions and your words um, to reveal that to those people who maybe don't understand or have this um, you know, this point of view of that it's okay to kill innocent life. Um, so those are some ways that you can also be more active in the pro-life movement or to go and pray at a clinic where they do have abortions, like Planned Parenthood, even to be so bold. And I think Jorge might even have a, st- a story I, for I us about I almost go to jail for doing that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not telling you not to go. I'm actually telling you to go. Mm. Uh, but the, the first time ever that I went to a, a Planned Parenthood clinic, I almost ended up in jail. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the story. Some of you might hear it already. So I was doing a mission in Tulsa, Oklahoma, in a parish, uh, St. Thomas More. And, you know, I think it was October 2020. And I was there. I gave some retreats and talks and whatever, you know. But the last week where I was there, it happened to be uh, the turn of St. Thomas to go to. So this is a thing. In front of Planned Parenthood in Tulsa, there's just like a very, very little uh, park, I will say, like small portion of land it's not even like a square or anything. It just like doesn't have a shape at all. But it's just <laughs> it's a blob it, out there. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's like very, very, very small. But the diocese of Tulsa bought it. <laughs> they bought the that the that little, little piece of land. A little, piece, little of land, piece of land that is that island. Wow, that that's... is smaller than a gas station or mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it right next to the Planned Parenthood? It's right across in front, like right in front. That's awesome. Across the street. That's so great. <laughs> they bought it. <laughs> And they build, uh, they call it Garden of Hope. Mm-hmm. So they build like a, Mary of, uh, a statue of Mary. They planted a lot of flowers. Mm. They uh, build like this, I don't know the word in, the word in, in English, but in Spanish is kiosco, like a, a little... Kiosk? Kiosk. Yeah. Or a gazebo? Gazebo, yeah, <laughs> okay. like a gazebo. Yeah, a gazebo, and people will pray there. There's even like a... Um, uh, 
a, a play playground for kids. Mm -hmm. So moms, mothers go, you know, in the middle of the day, they brought their kids, they are praying, the kids are, uh, are playing in the playground, whatever. So it was her turn to go and, and, and pray. But we were going at seven o'clock in the night, you know? Uh, so it was like, okay, yeah, we're going, we're making a huge event over there. We're, we have sound system. We have a lot of people, everyone was invited. We were praying for, you know, for pro-life and it was great. But by that time the clinic was already closed. They closed like at two o'clock. Mm -hmm. So while we were doing still like a pro-life thing, I felt the need of going in the, in the rough hour, you know, in the morning where when, the, when they're active. Right? Yeah, when they're active. Mm -hmm. So the last day I, I, I was there, it was a Friday. One day before I had to fly back to, to South Texas, I was like, let me go, you know, to the Garden of Hope. And I brought a speaker with me. I brought a speaker. I brought a stand. I plugged in a microphone, my guitar. And I even forgot to stand for them for the microphone. So I <laughs> I found like this cone, like the orange cones. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I just put my microphone A there. Microphone. Yeah. That's awesome. And I, I just and I started just singing. Mm -hmm. That was it. I was not like uh, preaching anything. Preaching or saying. shouting or whatever. I was just singing, Here I am, <laughs> Lord, or be not afraid. Mm -hmm. You know, all of these songs. So I was there, a lot of, you know, women were uh, praying and in where I was, it was just like the, literally the back of the land, you know, the Garden of Hope. So I was very far from the clinic still. And then I just see the police coming on the street, the car police. I was oh, like, oh, jeez. <laughs> I was like, okay, I think that's for me. <laughs> so he enters the clinic, he exits and he's just walking straight to me. Mm. So he approached me and he says, hey, the people in the clinic are complaining that you're being too loud. I was like, oh, okay, I can lower the volume. So the volume, I mean, the speaker was very far away and the volume, let's say I have it on three fours, you know? Mm. So I lowered it down to a half, you know, half, let's say five. Mm -hmm. So he went back to the clinic. I kept singing. I was very gentle to like, oh, do you want me to keep singing so you can test the sound, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so Tell me all the sounds from there. <laughs> so I kept singing, playing guitar, not even rocking. I mean, it was just not like gentle rock. arpeggio singing. <laughs> he went back to the clinic. He literally, he doesn't even, he didn't even enter that clinic. He was staying outside. And that was his testing. Mm -hmm. He came back to me. He was like, I can still hear you. I'm like, okay. So from five, I lowered it to three. He went back again, you know, he entered the clinic. He was with these people. He came back for the last time. He says, oh, they say that, that they can still hear you. I'm like, dude, I had it like almost on, let's say from mm -hmm. one to 10, I had it like a nine. You should have right. turned it off when he like entered the clinic. Yeah, and then it's like, like well, I turned it off, so they're lying to you. <laughs> and it was already like number two, and he was like still hearing it, you know, inside the building with all these, you know, you can even see inside. So. Mm -hmm. And I bet they, they have like these glasses that are, uh, um, what's the word? Uh, that avoid the sound to coming in. 
Oh, yeah. They've got the... Um, I can't remember what they're called either, but they yeah. like deflects the sound waves yeah, back out. Exactly, yeah, exactly. You know? So I bet they have those things, but somehow these those people were still listening to me. So I was like, okay, I will lower it down. You want to go back again? He was like, no. He was a little fat. <laughs> he was like, no, I don't want to walk again. But this is the thing. If I keep, if they call me again and they say that they can still hear you, uh, you're going to be in big trouble. I'm like, okay, just out of curiosity, <laughs> what would happen? What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> what would that happen? So he says, okay, well, I'll give you a ticket. I'm like, oh, okay. So I kept singing, you know, and he, but I was not even, you know, being loud or whatever. And he was like, okay, you know, it's okay. You keep doing what you're doing. You just, if they complain, I'll give you a ticket. And then a few of the mothers that were there praying, they started approaching me and the police and they started arguing with a police officer. Oh, and no. <laughs> so he was like already, you know, surrounded by all these women with children. So, uh, and they started to actually attacking, you know, verbally like, no, but you have, you should defend us, whatever, blah, blah, mm. blah. So he turned out to me, oh, you know what? Because of them, I'm going to give you a ticket. I was like, I'm not even doing anything now. I'm not even <laughs> You're singing. the instigator, Jorge. <laughs> I'm not even singing anymore. It was like, well, you can thank them for, for the ticket that I'm going to give you. So he gave me a ticket for, I believe it was $75. Okay. Uh, for... Uh, what was what was the cause? Uh, disturbing the, peace. Disturbing the peace. Disturbing the peace. Can you imagine? Mm -hmm. And then I was like, once he gave me the ticket, I was like, okay, everyone left. And I was like, okay, just out of curiosity. <laughs> If I kept singing, what can, <laughs> what would happen? You're like that kid that keeps like drawing right. the line in the sand. Like, right. what happens okay. if I cross this? You're like yeah. Bugs Bunny with, with, with I, Yosemite well, Sam. I like, wanted I to cross this I line. I wanted to know because he was like, okay, if you kept singing, I already gave you a ticket. If they complain, I will come. I will peacefully ask you to get rid of your guitar, your speaker. I will handcuff you. I'll get you in my police car. I'll get you to, you know, the police station. You will spend a night in jail. You will have to pay pay uh, bail. And then if you pay it, you will go out. Uh, I was like, oh, okay. Thank you. He was walking and I kept singing. <laughs> <laughs> oh I kept singing. He entered the car. I lowered the, uh, not lower, I raised the volume again. Not to nine where I had it before, but maybe around five or something. And I just kept singing. By the time he was like already tired because I even told him, you know what? They don't even, they can even listen to me. They are, they just don't want me to be here. Right. You know, this is, this is, uh, uh, this is stupid. You know, it's just a fight. They don't want me to sing to these people that are entering the, the clinic mm -hmm. or whatever. And you know that I told him, you know that because whenever you were there, I bet you didn't listen to anything. And I am a sound engineer. And, and so he kind of like, on the end, he was like, when he left, I bet he realized that it was like a stupid fight or mm -hmm. whatever. So yeah, he never came back. He probably was just a little peeved that he had to deal with it. <laughs> and the, he had to walk four times to the clinic. I bet he was tired. <laughs> I, I think that's the real reason you got the ticket is you just wouldn't let him go back to his car. <laughs> yeah, I made him walk four times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, that was my first time that I went to a clinic. And on my first time, I got a ticket. That After that, I kept singing, you know, and 
after a while, I'll just stop and, and started praying and then I left. Mm. And of course, the parish paid for my <laughs> for my ticket. Um, but there you go. Way to work the system. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's you know that was the story. And um, I'm not saying that you should go out there and just provoke these people, but you can do you can just go and peacefully pray. Mm-hmm. You know, go if you if you live across or not across, but if you can go to one of these clinics. I'm not saying that you should go and start yelling at the people or something, but you can even park outside, like somewhere close, and just pray a rosary, you know, pray a divine mercy. Uh, That's another thing, too, though. Uh, if you do go uh, to a clinic or something like that, do some research first. Know what your rights, oh, yeah. rights are in front of the clinic. Cause just so you know, you're not allowed to be in the parking lot right. of their facilities. Mm-hmm. You can be on the sidewalk yeah. because the sidewalk is public property or yeah public space so you can be on the sidewalk if they have one you are not allowed to be at any part of their land or uh, parking lot or facilities uh, if you're if you don't have an intention to go in Mm. of course and and yeah and you can be of course across the street you know yeah yeah that was my story (laughs) I, I, we took we took some kids to the March for Life uh, in January of 2020, so right before oh, the pandemic. I was there too. Oh yeah, great. So we, I think it was the day after the march, we went to the Planned Parenthood in DC, and we prayed outside um, for about oh, an hour. No, no, no. I, I was thinking this year. Oh no, no, yeah, no, 2020. And so we prayed out there for an hour, and so I get in there, and uh, I have all of our kids lined up. And I was like, okay, guys, like, here's the deal. Like, you stand here. Don't engage anybody that comes and engage you. We're just praying. Uh, that's it. Just, you know, ignore them. Um, you know, I and the rest of the chaperones, like, we'll be keeping an eye. If anybody physically touches you, we will step in. Mm-hmm. That shouldn't happen, but in case it does, just know. But don't engage anybody. Don't talk to anybody. We're just sitting here praying. Like, that's all we're doing. Well, we had some other parishioners that weren't a part of our group, but that found us uh, at the March the Day before and like hey like we're here like oh that's great like we're going to pray over the parent parenthood you know at this time tomorrow said oh we'll get there and so they come in after i give this speech about like hey what (laughs) to do and so we're praying and we're getting we probably got about 15 minutes in and this guy comes and he starts yelling at us and stuff like that and he's like you know, he's in my face because oh I, somehow he figured out I was the leader. And he's like, are you brainwashing these kids and all this stuff? And I'm just sitting here trying to pray my rosary. And then all of a sudden, this uh, this dad that was um, the other parishioner that wasn't part of our group just starts like, hey, man, like, don't bring the hate. I'm like, oh, shut <laughs> up. Come on. <laughs> and he's like engaging them. And I'm, I'm like, I'm just trying to pray through my rosary. Mm-hmm. And all the kids are actually like laughing because they see me like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but that's a Jorge. Your story is great because it really shows how we can be firm and like no, like I have a right to be here, you know. But uh, sure, I'll be cordial. Like and you, uh, maybe the priest thought you or the the police officer thought you were a little antagonistic, but <laughs> you're probably just like, well, what can I do? Like, mm-hmm. what's the what's the most I can do? And just trying to figure that out. So yeah, that you can I was continue just... to pray and that you didn't try to antagonize anybody you just wanted to pray for the women to pray for the clinic workers pray for the unborn children you know everybody involved and and then and then you you know got persecuted for it (laughs) and that's another thing because i was like okay what can i do well personally i mean in general what can i do i can sing i play guitar 
I can, you know, different talents that God has given me. Okay, I can offer this in this for life. What, how? I, w I went there and I just started singing. That was my way to fight for life. That was my, my way to, uh, I guess, approach this person because in, in my experience, God has spoken to me through music. Mm -hmm. You know, many times, I don't, and you, we said it the last, I think, uh, two po uh, episodes ago, we talked about how God spoke to us through music when we were, mm -hmm. you know, every time. Uh, so I was like, okay, well, if I play, you know, maybe God can speak. I'm not even saying anything like a speech or anything. So if, if you f find your talent, find what are you good at, and if you find, if you're good at, I don't know, drawing, okay, make drawings and give them to your people. If you're good at painting, if you're good at, I don't know, you know, you just, whatever you're good at, just offer it to the, everything is welcome. And you never know the impact that you're going to have on a person. It may be the smallest thing, uh, just, just to give the slightest sense of love or comfort, you know, that, that can be more than enough and you have no idea that you're doing it. And I think that... We, I think that's something we could really try to end on is just help you all, all of us understand that, you know, we do have a, a part to play in this, especially you teenagers. You know, uh, we look at the, you know, the politics right there and, you know, politics are a messy business. We don't want to talk about politics, but, but really guys, you teenagers are the ones that are going to be making the laws from, you know, going forward. Uh, as you guys grow up, like you'll be the ones in power to to really make change, and um, the the government or the the country needs your voice. And the un, unborn children, those mothers that are scared, uh, they need your voice. The the fathers that um, are not sure if the the woman that's carrying their child is going to terminate the pregnancy, they need your voice. You know, and. Abortion doesn't doesn't affect just the baby. It doesn't affect just the mother. It affects everybody. It affects all of us. And that's why we're pro-life is because life isn't just about one individual. It starts with that, but it, it's way beyond that. And we have a duty, uh, as we've been talking about, to pray and, and to be a voice for, for life, not just about abortion, but, you know, the, the mothers, the fathers, the, the siblings, um, and everybody. Well, there's a lot to unpack from this episode, and we just want to continue to encourage you all who are listening to this to to pray and to um, to really ask God what He is calling you to do uh, at this time in our country's history, um, in our church's history, and how we can go forward into being peaceful and bringing about the truth of God's love for all human beings, for all creation. Um, and for our, um, our protection of, of life. You know, that is the most precious gift that we have is our life itself that God has given to us freely. And so um, we need to be advocates for life and protectors and to stand up for those who can't protect themselves. So, so, yeah, why don't we go ahead and close in a prayer and um, then we can sign off. Before we um, do the prayer, I just want to make an announcement. Uh, so for those who attended the Pro-Life March on the last year, December 8, it was great, as we 
uh, said it. It was around 350 people. It was amazing. We started from um, JP2 here in Denton, and we ended at ICC. <clears throat> well, this uh, this year we're gonna do it again, you know, in December. But also, in the next uh, month, in June 16, we're going to have a Eucharistic procession. I know it's nothing related to. Uh, uh, the topic of abortion, but I felt that since I got you here, <laughs> I will let you know. Shameless uh, plug. <laughs> we have a Corpus Christi procession. It's uh, um, it's it, it will start at 5.30 here at ICC with mass. We'll have mass. And then once mass is ended, we'll start processing with our Lord in the Eucharist from ICC to JP2. And um, I think it's the first time ever, too, that we're going to do this. So I really encourage you, uh, you know, to if you don't if you don't feel uh, still like on that point of uh, stood up for for pro-life or something, this is a way also, to, you know, to start coming out of also the COVID stuff. You know, COVID just uh, had us at our houses. So it's time to go back. It's time to raise our voices, especially in this time. So. In this top, in this occasion, we're gonna just celebrate the the feast of the body of Christ, the Corpus Christi, and it'll, it'll be amazing. It's a liturgical event, so I really encourage you to attend that event. And hopefully by December eight of um, this year too, you can come to uh, the next pro life. But for now, procession, Corpus Christi procession, June sixteen, June sixteen from ICC to JP two from five thirty. Uh, we'll start with a mass, 6.30 with the procession. And now let's do the prayer. Okay. Do you, do you want to tag team it since I opened with prayer? I, I can do it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. 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 Lord Jesus, thank you so much for the opportunity to gather here and to just discuss this topic. Lord, please open our hearts up to love our neighbor, uh, especially those that have been lied to by our enemy that are not living in the truth but lord let us not be puffed up in knowledge or be prideful uh, that we follow you but lord boast in what you have done for us and so lord we ask that you give us the courage to speak the truth in all th all things and that we love the way that you love and lord help us not to look uh, with our own eyes lord but with yours who sees the heart Give us hearts of love and grace and empathy and use us, Lord, as your tools, your instruments for peace and love. We ask all these things in your name, Lord Jesus, through the intercession of our Blessed Mother, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. The Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Remember to like us and subscribe Subscribe on all platforms that we're available. So Spotify, Apple Podcasts, that's it, right? Encore. Encore. Yeah. And Encore. Is that the way I, it's supposed to be said? I don't know. A-N-C-H-O-R. Yeah. Encore. Anchor. 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 Yes. Anchor. Anchor. Like See, encore. 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 Like yeah, I know. No, anchor. Anchor. <laughs> yeah, I know that. <laughs> yeah, just follow us. Share the episode. And, and yeah, we'll see you next time. God bless you. God bless. God bless.